Like when that Japanese house song Chewing Cotton Wool came out, I literally just listened to that song on single repeat for two hours on a run. Because I was just like, at some point you forget. It's just like something that clicks inside your head and you forget you're not actively like, I've been listening to this song for two hours. Welcome to Talk The Line, I'm Jen Long. This season we're talking to artists about their passions during lockdown. And on this episode, I'm joined by an incredible singer, guitarist, solo artist and collaborator, Julian Baker. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Julian. So nice of you to be here. Thank you so much. It's an absolute honour and a pleasure to be on here. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks. So yeah, trail running, that's what you're talking about. I'm really excited because... I love running. I love talking about running and I love hearing like other people's almost like different routines and their different like outlooks on it and how they approach it. And like trail running is something that I've never done. So I would love to hear, I guess, to start with, like how you got into it, how you first discovered running. Oh, gosh, I was going to uh, cut you off and flip it back around on you and ask what kind of so you do running in the city or you do because I would say I'm fairly new to trail running. Like there are people who that's always been their thing. And it's also really hard to like do proper trail running in Nashville. I mean, I don't know. Again, like that's the whole elitist thing. Like, I don't know what proper, <laughs> like what proper trail running is. But, you know, there are people out in the middle of nowhere that do ultra marathons in the snow. And that's not me. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I just like to run in the woods. Well, I guess to answer your question from before, I um, I started running, oh gosh, when I was 19, I had a number of friends who ran or exercised, and I just like, especially in high school, I was always decidedly averse to physical exercise, and I guess because I kind of collapsed that with sports, And even though sports can be a really fulfilling thing, I think, you know, like where I grew up, especially there was a whole bunch of like separation between if you're like a physically fit person, you're like a music nerd. Um, But that's also just like high school kids fulfilling whatever self-fulfilling click prophecy they have that they're forecasting. Um, So I was never really into any kind of physical activity at all until I started running and I would just like run to the end of my block and then be out of breath, (laughs) because I was also still smoking. Um, But I noticed, like, I don't know why necessarily I kept doing it. I think it's just because I had a lot of anxiety in my body. And, like, at that time, I was struggling really hard with, like, having panic attacks constantly. And I would just run (laughs) when I had a panic attack. It used to freak my roommates out, because I would wake up in the middle of the night at like 2 a.m. and I would go on a run and then I would get back at three and they'd be like, whoa, I thought you were breaking into our house. And I was just like, no, no, I just got really stressed out about something. (laughs) And so I, and so I took a run down the street, but I remember like the first time I like ran a whole mile without stopping. I was like, wow, I guess this is how people get to do this. And it's like neat that I can see my body adapting to this because I like never when I did the physical fitness test um 
I don't know if you guys have like a, uh, an equivalent to that, but like the president's physical fitness test, uh, they just oh. gave me a 15 minute. Yeah. They make you like, they make you, they see how many, or they don't make you it's extreme, but I always like had, um, hangups with like gym because I was a weird kid. Um, and so like they make you basically just do these physical exercises to see where you fall, I guess, to do some sort of like mass data analysis of like what kids should be able to do and they gave me a 15 minute mile out of pity because the class period was over i was like i could not even i, I think i was quicker than that <laughs> yeah i know like now when i'm hiking i'm just like oh my god <laughs> i was i was really out of shape but so that's just like the i just like am giving context for you know, there's some people that like grew up doing track and stuff and that was never me. It's just literally, I didn't know what to do to assuage like what was happening in my mind. And I think now that I've been running for a while, I can see the clear parallel of like, yeah, it does get you outside of your head because it's something that you have to be so bodily aware for. And like, it, it is something that I think before I, you know, knew <laughs> anything about the practice of mindfulness or before that had become sort of part of the social conversation I was using that as a tactic to get back inside of my body you know because yeah. on tour it really got extreme to where I needed to run and I would be like grumpy if I didn't run but here's the thing it's like I still wasn't all that great at running like even I would run super far but I remember there was a time we were staying with our friends in San Diego and I got back from a run and she was like, are you wearing just Doc Martens? Did you just run three miles in Doc Martens? Yeah, I know. And now it would make you make that face. But oh! I didn't understand. Like, again, like I was never in, I didn't have somebody in track, like a coach to be like, you know, my parents weren't into running. Like my mom is a physical therapist so she knows about the body, but neither of them are into that stuff. So nobody told me. I was just like, wow, I woke up. It was 7.30 in the morning. I had, I felt panicky. So I just started running in the clothes I had on. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I know, but so. <laughs> I, bet they were like, like, I bet they were like drivers. Like, oh, I better pull over. There's a horse coming. And then they're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and especially it's like when you're not when you're just wearing like a band t-shirt and like cut off jean shorts and doc martens everybody's Jeans. like why are you running like why are you running maybe are you running from something is there an emergency <laughs> at where you're going like yeah it was a pretty rough scene it was it was really bad so my friend um was like please look these running shoes I don't even care. Just, I need you to have my running shoes. I will give them to you for free because you're hurting your body. And so like with what you're saying, like needs must, like for so many years, like I was on tour for like three years straight and I would just run like where the venue was. So I've done probably more like in the city running than I have trail running. I just like highly prefer. And especially in quarantine, now that I have time to drive, 40 minutes out to a trail. I do that. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this sort of something that's come out of being at home? Because you took a year off before the pandemic yeah. to go back to school, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I took a year off. We were sort of still touring and it was just like getting to a place where it was really unhealthy for me. So I pulled back and I went home and got my degree. I honestly, <laughs> I didn't run a super lot when I was uh, getting my degree because I was trying to like cram all the credits I required to finish um, my bachelor's into one semester. <laughs> so I was just like more, spent more time just like sitting on top of my laptop, but um, mm. letting all my muscles atrophy. Uh, but yeah, especially like this year, and it's so wild because I think the need for physical exercise is maybe overstated because I'm not, e it's not even like you spend eight hours in a van and you're cramped up. And then after sound check, I just have to like peace out and go run. It's like, you're literally, you don't even have the illusion of being in a new city or moving somewhere on the highway. You're just in like absolute stasis. So yeah, yeah, I think it's become super, I was going to say, not important, but like necessary. Yeah, and I suppose like being on tour, there's that thing where you come back and people are like, oh my God, you got to go to Berlin, you got to go to Cologne, you got to go to Amsterdam, like what's it like? At least if you've been for a run, you've kind of had a little like half hour, 60 minutes around the city, you've got something that you can reply with rather than like, just saw the hotel and the venue. Yeah, totally. No, and I mean, it's like... To that effect, though, I feel like there have been some cities that I are, like, misrepresented in my brain because all I see is the, like, four-mile radius around the venue because I don't want to get lost. And I have gotten lost when I'm like, wow, it's getting really close to the time where I need to be on stage. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I'm not entirely sure how to get back. Um, but we played a show somewhere in L.A., and, but we were just in downtown and I like knocked myself out on the scaffolding in the middle of the road and like almost got hit by a car. I was just like, this is too much for me. Like, <laughs> well, it's like when you're running in the city, that sounds way more dramatic than it was. Basically somebody was just like making a left turn and I was trying to get out of their way. And then like, a, it was like a Looney Tunes bit. It was like, you know, the metal scaffolding when they're working on buildings. Mm. It was just like, I'm five foot tall and it was like right here. So I just got like completely close. <laughs> That's too low. That shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> too low. I know. Yeah. That's what I also thought. Um, Berlin for me is just like this one stamped, like the little bridge across this one certain river and then the like cobblestone area up in there. So like sometimes it's nice and sometimes it's like this is the only stamp that I have of that place. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, like with Los Angeles, I have other mental schemas of it but especially nice when we're places like Colorado or like Utah mm. or like a, you can get like a quick uber out to somewhere that's like naturally beautiful in some breathtaking way yeah, yeah. so you're in you're in Nashville right now mm -hmm. yeah so then did you were you already aware of the different kind of trails and parks around you and how did you kind of decide that you were going to start driving out there I guess one thing that precipitated that too was um, I started longer distances mm -hmm. and the longer distances I started running, the more I wanted to run somewhere where there were like at least always sidewalks because I would just run in East Nashville and it would be like sometimes just on random roads. Um, <clears throat> so I started driving out to a place where there's like a seven mile loop and then there's like an 11.2 
called Percy Warner. And I don't know, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed A, the challenge of having like a more difficult incline situation. Um, and also like, it just helped me to focus more when I was away from people. If that makes it, that makes me sound terribly antisocial or like a hermit, but I find my favorite runs are runs where I just like don't see a single soul. I'm just in the woods by myself. And uh, it's like a place where I can feel unobserved, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And firstly, I read that the Percy and Edwin Warner parks are really hilly. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's actually, so like, I mean, there's like a part where you can go all the way out Highway 100 if you're in Nashville and you can start somewhere that's like not a lot of incline. So you get the like endorphins going. It's not just like straight into a 45 degree angle, which I need. I also like, I don't know if you're like this, but I let myself walk a lot because I'm way more, like I prioritize distance and endurance way more than uh, I prioritize like speed. I think it's cheating in my head. I can't get faster. Oh. Like, don't stop, don't walk, that's cheating. <laughs> running. Oh my gosh, I walk, I walk all the time. I'll just take like a little 10 second like thing and just do my deep breathing exercises that I read about on the internet <laughs> to get my breath. <laughs> and then I'll just like jog along because like to me, I want to see the absolute farthest that I can make my body go under whatever circumstances, less like, like I don't really need to be the fastest. And maybe maybe that's like what appealed to me about running as a, an athletic practice that I could actually connect with is that it's not competitive against anyone but your own previous ability unless you make it that way. But I will say to that effect, I hate when people see me go from running to walking. So I'll always wait until I like get around a curve. <laughs> like literally yesterday I was on a run and I was so tired. And I was like, I've already passed these particular people twice. And so help me God, they will not see me walk. And <laughs> I was like. <laughs> if I pass I someone, so I speed up. I purposely speed yeah. up. And then once I'm like, they're out, they're out of like view now. I'll like slow back down to my normal pace. I just want to, I just want to yeah. grow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think that's, but I mean like that very phenomenon like illustrates kind of what I mean when I'm like, my favorite runs are when I don't see anybody because we spend like, and it's not just about being a performer, it's about like living in the world, right? Is like, we're constantly kind of, either we're actively shaping the way that we want people to think about us. We want people to think we're smart. We want people to think we're funny, or we want people to think we're nice. So we talk a certain way or we dress a certain way, or we bring up a certain thing in conversation. It's just like all these judgment calls about perception. And when I'm just like, on a run with my dog like I am free of that whole process mm -hmm. and then it, it makes it easier to sift through thoughts like how do I actually feel about something my roommate said to me the other day or um a conversation I had last week you know what I mean like uh it's very liberating in that sense to not have to be like 
look, I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a totally. um, Well, I guess that kind of takes us on to like the, the mindfulness aspect and like the running is meditation. So I'm assuming that you don't like have headphones, listen to podcasts and music. Sometimes, sometimes I do. Um, lately, I've actually I run in I run in these like these big massive studio headphones. No. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm. I'm making when I was at the BBC, and they make your ears so they're like the worst headphones. Even just like sitting in studio, you're like my ears are sweating. <laughs> no, it's great. Well, and also like it's my favorite time to run here because it's like hovering around 30 degrees and I really like running in the cold mm. you know like when you're hot you can't take off more of your clothes but when you're cold it's almost like the oppressiveness of the heat is gone and so mm. you can just focus on how your muscles actually feel and it's I'm just like I live in Tennessee it's a curse but these keep my these keep my ears uh nice and toasty and also like so I run a lot of times to like listen to mixes or if somebody uh, suggests an album to me or if one of my friends is like hey we just finished this album like here's a dropbox of it i'll run and listen to it or just like pick one song that i'm like obsessed with and put it on like when that japanese house song chewing cotton wool came out i literally just listened to that song on single repeat for two hours on a run because I was just like, at some point you forget. It's just like something that clicks inside your head and you forget. You're not actively like, I've been listening to this song for two hours. Mm. I I sound like, I know I've, I've, I realize that all the things I'm saying to you in this interview made me sound like a crazy person. <laughs> but like, yeah. Catch me, catch me running in studio headphones at Percy Warner, just putting off some big don't talk to me energy. <laughs> yeah, in, in like a pair of denim shorts and some Doc Martens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because now it's like, you know, I've got all the like fucking running backpack and, excuse me, uh, like running backpack and little like thermodynamic hat or whatever because I'm into it now. Um, <laughs> and I want to care of my body but judging from that question it's so you don't you don't put anything in your ears when you run no not I mean I used to yeah mm. I, used to, I used to just listen to you know bangers to get myself bangers around. just like yeah or bangers yeah what made you switch from needing or just desiring that to not I think it's just as as running has become more and more just a part of my like weekly routine and then your phone, like, is always going, and you're like, like I want some time away from that. So then, but you, you kind of have to prepare, don't you? You have to, like, I hate it when, when an album runs out and then Spotify starts choosing what you're going to listen to. I hate that. So I, like, oh God. you have to, okay. like, make a playlist. You have to make sure there's enough things on the playlist. Or if you listen to a podcast, you have to line up all the podcasts. And in the end, it was just, like, it was, it was just too much effort. I was like, I can't be bothered. I'm going for, like, a 40-min run. I'll just... <laughs> That and makes sense. I feel like it's it. not, I, it's more like, because there are times when I'll just be like, because I'll make these massive playlists um, and just put like whole albums on there and then shuffle them because I know like inevitably I'm going to, or make like, just shuffle an artist that I really like, shuffle whatever. Um, I don't mind it so much that there is that preparation time, but then again, it's like, sometimes it'll be like, three hours and I kind of want something at that point because then it's like 
I have to be honest about, I think it is a little bit of the grind culture, like wanting to do something productive, even or like remotely productive, even oh when God. you are in the middle of taking time away from humanity for yourself. Mm. So often, like I'll listen to a podcast, like I, I'm just like a mark for NPR uh, investigative podcasts. So I'll just like put on one of those and listen to an entire season on a run and be like, I learned something. So yeah. it's not bad that I'm not like I'm neglecting my emails or like neglecting the oil change I have to get or the mm. the daily tasks that I have to do. I think there is like a craving for me to be learning something because I I feel a certain amount of guilt with stepping away from my life for that long for like three or four hours total. Yeah. I used to I used to do that. I used to run home from work listening to like learn French podcasts and I was like I am being so efficient. I am, oh I'm exercising instead of commuting and I'm learning. <laughs> this, this such an yeah, like, like you think you're being this superhuman and what you're doing is actually completely overloading your brain, which is what like, you know, and that's another thing, like when I'm when I'm just doing nothing except for moving my body forward for several hours, it's like you have the time to tune in and say, because that's happened to me not often because I just like am obsessed maybe unhealthily with songs but uh every once in a while I'll be like do I even want any noise in my ears at all and like take off my headphones and it's really nice to just sit there but that does require like a certain headspace I think not to let it then be polluted by like once the headphones are off then all you're like oh, you never emailed back that advisor that you were supposed to email. <laughs> You're just like, ah, no. Um, but yeah, I get you. Yeah, I mean, there's sort of the two aspects to it. There's like, I mean, if you like practice meditation, which is something that I've only recently been uh, turned on to and slightly discovered is this like idea of meditation, but then not idea. It's, it's a real thing, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> But then it's that, you know, like you have so many thoughts that come into your head when you're running and it's just being able to be like, oh, just like put that to one side and just focus on like, I've got like one more mile to go or like I've got to, am I breathing properly or like, you know, am I like trying sure. making sure that my like alignment is even or am I like tensing my shoulders and like thinking oh, about that. Instead. Yeah. And then just, so, and then it just, it frees up your head a bit. Or yeah, sometimes I did read that like, it's good to like go running with like one intention where you're like, right, this thing's causing me like stress or anxiety. So I'm just going to like stay on this for the run. And by the end, I reckon I'll figure it out, you know? And so many times I'll like go running because I'm like, I'm so angry about this thing. I've got to get it out. And then by the end, I'm like, I don't care about it anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, And it's like uh, the idea, it kind of treads closely. Oh my gosh. That made me want to say like five things. I'll come back to the alignment thing because that's so important. And I didn't, Again, running amateur, I didn't know, like, nobody was ever like, you shouldn't do this with your legs, or you shouldn't do this. So I was just out there running, even after I got, like, good shoes, or whatever, like, and, like, stopped running in Doc Martens, <laughs> or Vans, or whatever I was running in. That's so important. But it also requires you to bring your attention back to your own body and be aware of it in a way that I think 
is like that was the whole thing that was the goal for me of running and why I began running is because I would just be anxious about a show in the awkward time between sound check and the set and I would want to go just sprint or I would wake up and be uncomfortable and I'd want to go and I would just sprint until I couldn't anymore and I was still preoccupied with that thought you know still like literally running away from it and it's weird because like those things just things that you take for granted like where I take for granted now as someone who's been running for a while but like you can't run every day uh, your body literally can't handle it. You have to pay attention to like the terrain and like how your feet are falling and what you're doing. Because for me, like I store a lot of anxiety in my back. I store stress like right there. And I know exactly what you're talking about is like when you find you're running like this and you're not um, paying attention to it because, you know, like at least for me, that's like the more anxious I get, I'm just like, uh, 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 and I'm focusing on those thoughts that are causing me so much stress. And that's the thing that's going to make me like unable to sleep and in terrible pain later on. Um, but I don't notice that it's like a manifestation of where my thoughts are going in that moment. So it's funny, like being kinder to and more careful with your own body um, is a practice that I've learned from running which seems counterintuitive because it's like running is a painful thing to make your body do in the first place. <laughs> but um, what do you say about like having an intention? I, th I think that's definitely helpful to be like, I have this emotion that is happening because sometimes, you know, it's like, it was difficult for me like in therapy to learn the difference between like feelings and thoughts. And I was like, okay, so if I just like go run and I have somewhere else to put this adrenaline, that's my immediate response to this. Like maybe, like you said, it won't matter to me anymore. And I can have 40 minutes or an hour to let the like reaction subside so I can tinker with how I'm categorizing this or how I'm understanding this event or this, this thing in my head. No, it's, it's interesting that that is like a suggested thing for people to do without having the headphones in there's something really relaxing and like almost cathartic about just hearing like the sounds of birds or like i love it like i love seeing like all the different birds especially around where i live like i saw three separate herons when i was out running the other day yo big my, guys big guys yeah we have like loads of green parakeets around here and like and never because I always used to run with headphones and never realized until like I started taking them out and just running but like if you go out early in the morning when it's like still a little bit dark and it's just kind of like dawn time or like around now so around dusk all these yeah. parakeets all these local parakeets all flock to the same group of trees in the marshes near my house and so I was going out running one morning just like a morning run and I was just getting closer thinking like what is this noise like what yeah. is this and they're so loud. They're all <laughs> walking in the trees. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm like in the rainforest. <laughs> like, I'm just in East London. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And stuff like that, I feel like you miss out on when you've just got, got the headphones on. And it just like, it's just this unexpected, but like really beautiful thing that I, that really like, just really brightens my run and like makes me feel like, just really it like ups the endorphins. Oh, for sure. No, I mean like, there's even things like when you run at a particular spot enough, and this is like a recent development 
for me even but when you like start becoming familiar enough with the terrain that you can see like that you can identify like different species of plants or different species of like birds by what they sound like or start identifying and logging in your brain like all right these are the the creatures that live in this part of the world where I am that I never see or mm -hmm. that I never pay attention to like that's a really um life-giving part of being in nature I think yeah you know and it's, it's go ahead no I was gonna say it's, it's absolutely fascinating as well like you just don't realize I you, you know the, the author Michael Azarad who um <laughs> a bank of your life like he and I were like having a FaceTime the other day and just talking about running and he goes um he goes trail running in like upstate New York and he was telling me oh. about 17 year like cycle cicadas have you heard of these yeah dude okay it happens like uh because there's cicadas down in um Tennessee too like I have a little cicada tattoo because they remind me of home uh but yeah like they every couple of years it's the same with crickets and like a whole bunch of other insects they're just like i wish i had a biologically accurate term for this but they just like go off for no reason <laughs> yeah. yeah we don't have them but he sent me a sound recording that he'd made on his phone when out running of like the whirring noise of these cicadas that live underground and they only come up once every 17 years for like three weeks or something and they just make this like crazy whirring noise it sounded amazing stuff and like that so, yeah stuff yeah. like that is what and I mean it's like things that you aren't otherwise paying attention to or that uh, oh man I and I don't want to like I feel like it's uh inevitable when you start talking about like the beauty and the sacredness of nature that you talk about how sad it is like that oneself as a participant in the industrial world is kind of deprived of that experience more mm. often than not but th it's like a stepping stone right like seeing all the parakeets in east london and feeling like you're in the rainforest is like a stepping stone to feeling more connected with the natural world in a way that you hadn't before that feels like a, a nice place to kind of wrap things up that feels like maybe the essence of trail running Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is perfect. Well, I mean, it was a pleasure talking to you. Yes, of course. Thank you, too. Julian's fantastic new album, Little Oblivions, is out now. Original music by Bright Light, Bright Light. Produced by Paul Bridgewater. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>